Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Back and enjoy the strike play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to the Scooby the Cricket Podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And on the show today is Lauren Winfield-Hill. So that's Melbourne Stars opening batter. Uh, Lauren's been in the form of her life playing over in England. So I think she she won the 100. She also won the Ra- Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy with both her teams. And she's taken that form into the WBBL. Uh, so it's great to catch up with Lauren and see how she's... Um, going with her cricket at the moment, talks uh, about her wife, Courtney, who used to also play in the WBBL with the Brisbane Heat. That's where they met. And she's now off playing rugby league in the in the Rugby World Cup. So some really good t- tidbits from Lauren. But before we get to that, of course, LJ, uh, we, we need to recap what's ha- everything that's happened, which is, of course, a lot. Uh, so firstly, do you have a performance from the last seven days that has stood out to you the most? I feel like there were quite a few to choose from this week. Yes. There's been some really exciting stuff happening. Always. But I was very impressed by Ash Gardner's performance in Ballarat against the Hurricanes on Saturday. Yeah. Um, the Hurricanes were flying, batting first. She came in and took... Four for 23, her first four-wicket haul in the WBBL, really put a stop to their momentum and in a shortened game with only 12 overs aside. Then she came out and hit a casual 43 off 22 balls in the chase. So probably one of the strongest all-round games we've seen this season. Yeah, I reckon it's probably probably the best I've ever seen Ash play in the WBBL. I feel like last season we didn't see the best of her for the Sixers and like she's been awesome for the Aussies um, in the Commonwealth Games and... Um, in the World Cup as well. But, yeah, I feel like it was really good to see her step up in the magenta. Took a couple of cracking catches as well. Um, so it was great to see. Yeah, and what was yours, Em? 
Um, mine has been, I reckon Darcy Brown has been bowling brilliantly in the last week. Um, I think we saw her take four wickets against uh, the Brisbane Heat as well as Megan Shoot. So Shooter and Darcy, Australia's favoured opening bowling combination, doing it for the strikers. They've been basically unplayable. And yet, yeah, in particular, Darcy. She also took two against the Scorchers and three against the Sixers. And I think she's sitting in fifth position on the um, the golden arm leading wicket tally. So she's looking in very menacing form and I feel like she's taking her bowling to, to another level. Like just looks like she's got a lot of control. Uh, she mentioned on the blast the other day that she's work, been working on a slower ball. So it's been good to see her executing that a little bit and yet yeah, like looks like she's really maturing and coming into her own as a bowler. Yeah I think um, some of those slower balls she's bowled have been um, probably about the slowest <laughs> in the league. It's a very drastic difference but it's it's good to see her developing her game and adding a few new things to it. Yeah it's been it's been fun to watch. It's always fun to watch Darcy and the celebrations of, as well. I feel like the strikers have really picked up their game in the, the Wicket Charity Challenge so good to see Darcy getting involved in that as well. Yeah I think we had a, a bit of a slow start start to the year with the challenge <laughs> but um this weekend in Brisbane teams really came to the party the um the bowling ball one from yeah. the heat was also very good Elite. yeah it's it's only just beginning um next up LJ anything particularly surprising over the week that caught your eye my surprise of the week was the shock debut from 17-year-old renegade Paris Bowdler. She wasn't contracted, wasn't even a replacement player until Saturday. She was just chilling at home with the fam on on um, Saturday night in Geelong. Got the call from Simon Helmet saying, do you want to come play tomorrow? <laughs> and the next morning, her mum's driving her up to Ballarat and she's wicket keeping for the Gades. It's Incredible. Amazing. What a story. And you chatted to her afterwards. Did she seem a little bit overwhelmed with the experience? Yeah, I think so. It's probably good that she didn't have too much time to think about it, but yeah. she did say there were plenty of nerves and it wasn't the easiest match to be part of either. It was a pretty wild one and uh, I think it, it surprised you a bit too, Em. Totally. It was it was an interesting match, yeah. I felt like I wasn't there, sadly, but I would have liked to have been there. Um, but it was an interesting one to watch. We the rain the rain was forecast to hit Ballarat and then the Sixers thought they were gonna be coming off, so they were desperately trying to get get the five overs in to complete the match. Meanwhile, the renegades were asking for plenty of drinks on a freezing <laughs> Ballarat day and extra gloves and anything they could do to try and delay Crazy. the overs. Yeah, the, well, and the Sixers were sprinting around, of course, and then they got they managed to get in the five overs and and then and the other 15 overs as well, so they didn't even come off. So I think the, the Sixers were a little bit rattled with that. So the Sixers, they took a lot of, they took a few early wickets and looked to be like cruising towards yep. a win. Like, I think the Gades were five for 38 or something. Like They were in yeah. serious trouble chasing, what, 189? And it was a, yeah, the biggest total we've seen this season. So it looked to be going one way and one way only, and that was the way of the Sixers. But then, courtesy of some wayward bowling from Elise Perry and Stella Campbell through the middle overs, Carly Leeson and Rihanna O'Donnell, who were in the middle, they combined for an 81-run stand, which I think was the biggest six-wicket partnership in WBBL history. So that's quite remarkable and it completely shifted the me- momentum of the game. I mean, I don't think I don't think we really thought the Renegades could pull it off because it was a huge chase, but it really changed the dynamic of the game and the Sixers, they looked a little bit rattled. And as well as that, Carly, Le- Carly Leeson, when she passed 50, I think it was her debut 50 um, in the WBBL and she was the first, she's been the first Renegade uh, to make 50 this season, which is... 
Um, not not great for them, like, I guess, when you consider who else is in their top order. So they've got Hayley Matthews, Sophie Molyneux and uh, Chamari Adipadu as well has joined here. So I guess, yeah, kind of a bit telling for where the, the Renegades are at right now. Yeah, it does say a bit. Really good for a player like Carly Leeson. will yeah. give her a lot of confidence. Definitely. Hopefully gives them as a group a bit of a spark going into a really busy period for them. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's... They need a spark. They do. Yeah. Something's just not clicking there and... No. We've seen glimpses and, yeah, I hope I hope we see it click. Maybe um, when they come down to Melbourne um, to play at the Junction Oval, that'll give them give them a bit of a spark. Um, but, LJ, next up, uh, there was a, there was, I feel like there was quite a lot going away off the cricket field this week, but what's been your favourite little sideshow act of the WBBL this week? Um, mine was simply just going to the cricket. How good. <laughs> Attending a WBBL match in Victoria for the first time in more than a thousand days. Yeah. How good. It was, a, it was a good day. It was a good day to be in Ballarat on Saturday. I mean, it was a little bit crisp, a little bit fresh, but the rain stayed away. It was a pretty solid crowd there for the derby. Um, good vibes. We met a couple of listeners, so shout out to Emma and Lucy if you're <laughs> listening. It was great to meet you guys. Um, so, yeah, it was it was great to be at a WBBL game in Victoria. Um, mine was also from the same day at Ballarat, um, and I'm going to give a shout out to Summer and her friends who they celebrated Summer's Hens party at the WBBL, which I think is, is pretty epic. Like, I love that. Yeah, it was just great to see, like... What a, what a day. What a day to do it. And full credit to them as well. Like, they could have... It, it was quite cold. Um, there was a bit of rain around. And they didn't, like... They didn't pack up and leave. They stood out there, braved the elements, watched the cricket and got around got around it and then got to meet Sophie Molyneux afterwards. So I hope they had a great day and I hope they come, <laughs> come again. Yeah. And one other special mention I wanted to give was just to the people of Brisbane yeah. for selling out the Heats match on Saturday night. It was a really awesome crowd. Really cool to see people getting around. The fact that AB Field now has lights yep. and can host primetime cricket. Brisbane Heat fans are loyal. Maybe the most loyal in the in the competition. Thoughts? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. after, I guess they hadn't played a game at AB Field since 2019. So they yeah. absolutely embraced its long-awaited return. Nice. Very, very good. And next up, LJ, uh, you wanted to talk about, a little bit about uh, the Thunder. We've seen some interesting international players being kind of rotated in and out of their squad. I think we, we saw Tammy Beaumont wasn't wasn't marked down in their squad to play the Stars this, this week. Yeah, there's been some chopping and changing going on there. They originally brought in Leah Tahuhu just as cover while Amy Jones was a late arrival. They've clearly um, identified the fact that Hannah Darlington was missing, so decided they wanted to keep her around. But you're only allowed to have three players in your squad, so that has mm. meant they've had to sit out a fully fit Chloe Tryon for a time. And now this week, Chloe's been subbed back in and Tammy's missing out. So it's been a, an interesting approach. I don't think we've seen it before that a, a team's had four overseas players available and has been swapping them in this way. It's usually been because a player's gotten injured or, or had to leave to go and play for their country. No, I, d- I don't think we would have seen it before either. And I wonder if I wonder if they would have been aware of this playing out. Like, would they have be known that this is going to be on the cards when they when they signed on or is it kind of just something that's eventuated throughout the season? Yeah, it's an interesting one and it seems like they're trying to find 
their best combination of players at the moment too. And, and I'm not sure what will happen going forward. I think Hannah Darlington's due to come back this week. So it'll be interesting to see if Leah departs at that point or if mm. she does stick around. Yeah. And Em, I think you want to have a chat about the table and how it's shaping up um, yes. at around the midway point of the yeah. season. So looking at our top four, we've got the Sydney Sixers in pole position, Perth Scorchers in second, Strikers and then the Heat. And I was just wondering, like, does it look like, do we have a top four settled in? Or can the Hurricanes, who have still played, they've played two games less than the Brisbane Heat, do, do they have room to sneak in? Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting run home to finals, I think. Especially when you add in the, even if the top four does start to look a bit settled. Yeah. You've still got that parrot of if you finish on top, you get to go straight to the final and host it. Or if you finish second, you get to host the challenger. So it's going to be heaps to play for, even if those top four teams do keep their break on the rest of the competition. But don't feel like we've seen enough of the Hurricanes to really get a gauge on them yet. No, we haven't. I feel like the the top three, they keep sort of leapfrogging each other into that top top position. So I think, um, yeah, the next couple of rounds, particularly with a couple of um, the teams coming up against each other, is going to be is going to be really fun, which I guess leads us into some upcoming matches that we want to keep an eye on. LJ, is there anything that you've earmarked as something that you're looking like it's going to be a really fun game to watch? I am really looking forward to watching Cricket's return to North Sydney Oval mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. Um, the Sydney Smash, always a great rivalry between those teams. And, you know, the Six is obviously flying. The Thunder have been a bit scuppered by the rain and yeah. haven't travelled as well. But yeah. I think these teams always get really up to play one another. So... Yeah. It should be a good one. Yeah, How it should be a good about one. you? Um, I'm most excited for the Sixers versus Scorchers match at Lilac Hill, which I think will be a really good game of cricket. This is going to be the best moment of your career. I think it actually is. So it's going to be a great game of cricket. Probably the two best teams in the competition, top top three um, that we've seen so far. Um, so it should be a really telling telling game. They'll both both teams will really want to win, but it is also the Scorchers dog game and. I'm thrilled thrilled to say that I'm going to be attending for the first time. I've never been to Lilac Hill. It's an absolute bucket list. I know. It's an absolute... I wish you were coming, LJ. <laughs> I'm quietly devastated I about all the were, dogs you're going to get to meet. I wish you were going to be there with me because it's going to be it's going to be a really good day and I feel like you deserve to be there as well. Safe to say no work would get done at no. all if we were both there. <laughs> no, we would do absolutely no work. You're right. That would be a disaster. But I think... I really do think it's probably... It's one of the best things about the WBBL. Like, it's totally unique and it really sums up the whole experience of what the WBBL should be. And I say that, like, I don't just say that as a dog fan. I just think it's it's a really wholesome, welcoming environment. Like, it's lighthearted, it's fun, it's pretty casual. Like, it's you just bring your dog on the hill and watch and I, I hope they can break the dog attendance record, which I think um, last year it was... Um, 60 dogs in attendance, which I think was a new record. So it's if they can dogs. break that, it's going to be absolute mayhem. <laughs> and I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for tuning into The Scoop. We hope, you enjoyed, we hope you enjoyed listening to us. But more importantly, we hope you enjoyed listening to a great chat with Lauren Winfield-Hill. Lauren Winfield-Hill, Melbourne Stars opener, who, of course, also happens to be a World Cup winner, who's also represented England on more than 100 occasions. Lauren, it's great to have you on The Scoop. Uh, Firstly, how is life treating you in Ballarat? Um, And we know you've got a game against the Thunder this afternoon. Does it look like the the rain is going to hold off for you guys? 
Yeah, life in Ballarat's pretty chilly, but it's all right. It's all good. Um, had a nice downtime day yesterday, actually, which was which was quite welcomed. But yeah, hopefully we get on this afternoon. Um, it's all right at the minute. Like it's pretty it's pretty dry, so hopefully the the rain stays away and we can feel like we're in a you know we're in a pretty good place as a team, especially on the back of obviously a good performance the other day. So yeah. the last thing you want is to is to lose that momentum and get washed out. So fingers crossed we. We get on and we get another win. Yeah, fingers crossed the stars can keep it going. Uh, now, before we get stuck into too much cricket chat, um, we thought it would be a good opportunity for some of our Aussie listeners to, to get to know you a little bit better with just some, some rapid-fire questions. So, firstly, um, the first thing we're going to ask you is to describe if you had your perfect morning, what would that involve? Oh, okay. Um, perfect morning. Probably walking my dog. Um, we love that. Going for a nice coffee and some brunch, catch up with a couple of mates. Um, just the simple things, you know, like, yeah, just, yeah. I should probably actually, I should probably say hanging out with my wife. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> she, can come, she can come walk the dog and she go for brunch as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just hanging out with family and friends, really. Nice. Um, yeah, good coffee. And if you had Charlotte Edwards coming over to your place for dinner, what do you think you would cook her? Oh, God. Well, whatever you cook her, you need to have tomato sauce oh, okay. in the fridge. Yeah, she's got, she has ketchup on everything. Nice. Um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like Lottie's, Lottie's pretty easy to cook, but I reckon she'd be like, maybe like some sort of breaded chicken and wedgies girl. Nice. Something like that. She's, that. Um, but yeah, you've got to have, you got to have ketchup in, otherwise don't even bother. On like, on like everything? Yeah, literally. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. She might listen to this and say, no, that's not true. But I'm fairly sure that she has it on her Christmas dinner <laughs> and with like a Sunday roast. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I had that, if I did that and if mum would cook me a Sunday roast and I got the ketchup out of the fridge or the cupboard, she'd be like, nah, no, you're not eating it. No. I've done all that. You're ruining it with ketchup. Amazing. She'd be highly offended. <laughs> and if you weren't a professional cricketer, what would you be? Oh, that's a cool question. Um, you know, when I was younger, actually, like, I always wanted to be like a police officer or go mm. in the army or something like that. Yeah. Um, be like a PT in the army or, yeah, a police officer. That's what the girls, the girls we were on about the hub this morning when they were in the hub and they were like, Loz, you would have been a nightmare in the hub. Oh, the, w, <laughs> the WBBL like, one? Like, for, yeah, yeah, I'm like forever like, should we go and do this? Do you want to yeah. go to yoga? Do you want to try Pilates? Should we go on an adventure? Yeah, you, um, you totally wouldn't, wouldn't have liked like, the village. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. We walked in a hotel for six weeks with not. Yeah. <laughs> not great, not great. And, and Loz, do you have like a, a song or an album or an artist that you've got on repeat at the moment? Oh, on the, at the moment, um, I don't really, but I do love, I love my old school stuff. Okay. I love like Sting, The Police, Fleetwood Mac, yep. Annie Lennox, that sort of vibe. Um, Bit of 80s rock. Yeah, I haven't got, I haven't got anything sort of on repeat. I've been listening to a lot of Dermot Kennedy recently. I don't even know who that is, I so I have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's a bit like a Ziggy Alberts, like a UK Ziggy Alberts sort of vibe. Right, okay, okay. Right. Well, and what's the best holiday you've ever been on? Probably not that exotic. I feel like that, that that's a, I might have a bit of a letdown answer. I don't think. Well, we were due to go to, well, we did. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you to get to Hamilton Island for our honeymoon actually oh, which yeah. had the potential to be the best holiday ever but <laughs> 24 hours in and we were off the island because Covid had struck oh, so bloody COVID. I feel like that had the potential to be a pretty cool place um, Fraser Island was pretty cool um, been to some beautiful spots in Greece nice um, but yeah no not what, I think that's the thing with like living in the UK you just sort of go like nip across to Europe oh, so you never you nice. actually never go that far <laughs> afield but I guess to, to Australians yeah. it's like oh yeah it's a pretty big deal Europe, but, <laughs> yeah yeah, it yeah it's a pretty big deal to nip over the yeah yeah correct Oh, very good. Well, thanks for that, Loz. Um, and now next we just want to sort of touch on your time in the Big Bash. You're obviously a very familiar face. You've been around the Traps for a while, so you've played with the Brisbane Heat, the Hurricanes and the Strikers, and this year it's your first season with the with the Stars. Um, so how are you finding it? And, like, there's a bit of a, an English flavour in the green this year, so all going smoothly? Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it is going smoothly. I think sometimes, like, outwardly, like, the results – probably weren't there at the start of the competition but I think actually like if you break down some of those performances there was some really mm. promising stuff even in the defeats and I think we're building really nice confidence amongst the group like I know that at the start there was like a load of sort of chat about it being a young group and maybe quite low expectations and that sort of thing from an outward point of view but I think internally we're, we're pretty confident amongst ourselves that we're in we can certainly compete and, and put ourselves right up there. And I've loved the group, you know, they're, they're, they're young, but it, it, it's been great. The the environment's been fantastic. You know, I think it's, I really enjoy being a part of a team that everyone's got a real role to play. Mm-hmm. And if we can bring that together, we sort of, we probably haven't got any superstars or players that the whole team is, you know, is sort of impacted by. Um, whereas, you know, we're probably a team of collectives that, 
you know, if we can do our role really well, everyone's got a, a purpose and, you know, a role to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're probably more like one of those sorts of teams, but I, I like, I really enjoy being amongst those teams. Yeah, you, you mentioned it's the young group. Have you been impressed with um, any of the, the young Aussie talent that's in the star side? Yeah, I've been really impressed with um, Sophie Day. And that's not solely on the back of, mm. obviously, her performance the other day, which was great to see her sort of just get what she deserves, really. She's yeah. bowled really nicely the whole time. Um, and sometimes you don't get the figures to necessarily back up um, the way in which you've delivered your skills. So I've been really impressed with her. I think she's a great person as well. Like, she's like a sponge. She wants mm. to talk about the game or in the nets like we have really good discussions about in and out of overs or is it easier to hit me there or there and, and that sort of thing obviously someone like Belzy who's she it feels like she's been around forever mm. but she's still so young she's just really impressive you know she's she's a leader around the group she contributes in all areas you know I think she's somebody who I never I think when you play against the Aussies you never like they never know much your, your on-field perceptions aren't always yeah. you know I've never really had much out of her she seems like someone of like really quiet and just quite serious and goes about her business mm. but actually getting to know her you know she's she's great you know on and off the field obviously hugely talented and it, you know like people I think it's quite nice sometimes there's not some you know like a Sophie Day or a Tess Flintoff like they're not big household names yet but it's it's quite nice you know seeing them apply their trade and actually properly own it at times so it's yeah it's been great to to be around like it's always nice to be around like fresh exciting young talent they call me the veteran so I'm the one that's <laughs> you know but it's it's nice to share experiences and I think like you know I'm always a person who's trying to drag, drag others along as mm. well you know like I don't just come to a competition like this for my own quest yeah. you know I feel like I play best when I have like really good connection with people and can sort of focus on everybody else as well as my own job and the team had a, a bit of a day off in Ballarat yesterday did you uh, get up too much no, short and sweet. <laughs> no, to be fair, I, it was actually, I, I had quite a nice day actually. We went for coffee and then um, I dragged a few a few people to some Bikram yoga, which was quite nice. Bikram they yoga in Ballarat, how good. Yeah, it was going off. There was about, there was, what was there? There was four or five stars girls and two others. So I think they were pretty, they were pretty pleased we went in because they were <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that was really nice, actually. It was it was actually a really good class. So, And then watched back-to-back episodes of Married at First Sight, as you do. Yeah. The Aussie um, version or the UK version? No, I've gone through, like, like it's my favourite show. <laughs> so I've gone through, like, the UK version and the Aussie version. So I'm actually now on the New Zealand version. Oh, really? <laughs> so, I didn't even um, know there was one. <laughs> yeah, no, you get on it. If you, if you run out, there's all one there for you. <laughs> Oh, that's um, so good. But yeah, just smashed that and went, went out for dinner. What would be the English equivalent of Ballarat? Like, is there a town in England that is like Ballarat? Really good question. <laughs> I don't even... Not that I've been to. <laughs> there is um, one. I don't know. Actually, I feel like uh, if you feel like if you ask Aussies, they always give love for it. Like where, where we play, like yeah. train and stuff, a really bad rap because there is very little there. <laughs> um, so maybe they would, yeah. Love we that. certainly don't have any cricket clubs that are like, got that real like old school feel. You don't? 
Yeah, right. No, not so much in England. Like, you read, you do, there's very few pitches or, you know, grounds that have, like, yeah, everything's okay. been modernised, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. there's very few that still have, like, the yeah. traditional grandstands and stuff. Yeah. yeah right. There you go. And, um, Lauren, what's you, as we said before, you've kind of been around the tracks for a long time. Like, what, ma- what makes you keep coming back to play the Big Bash? What do you love about it? Um, I just think it's always a competition that you sort of have earmarked. I think Australia is a fast, fantastic place to play cricket. I think the competition itself is, is obviously, you know, really high standard. Yeah, I just think it's the all-round experience, you mm. know. It's a, it's a great place to play cricket. So, obviously, it's a hugely popular sport over here. And, you know, it's it's a pretty good place to bat. So I think, you know, just getting, I, like I said, I really enjoy different experiences with different people. Yeah. You know, it was really nice for me. To, it was actually quite a hard decision coming over this time because Courtney's playing in a World Cup back home yeah. in, in rugby league. So it was we sort saw of, that. yeah, so she's she starts that, what is it? Well, tomorrow for Crazy. us. Um, yeah, wow. but I think it was nice, you know, because I knew JB, I've worked with him a lot at, obviously, well, over the years, really, but also, like, at the Oval Invincibles, I've played with Capsi. I've played quite a lot of cricket with Jimmy. Yeah. So it was a real nice sort of blend for me with, like, new people but familiar faces. And we know you met Courtney during your time at the Heat and, and she's originally yeah. a Queenslander. Do you reckon that makes you an honorary Queenslander as well? I, re- I reckon she'd probably want me to say yes to that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I do love Queensland, to be fair. Obviously, all her family are there and good weather makes it the worst places to be associated with, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, and as you mentioned, so Courtney's playing in the in the Rugby World Cup, which, yeah, so gets underway yeah. tomorrow, so which cool. is, a yeah, it's a, it's a crazy story. So tell us a little bit about how she made the switch from cricket to rugby yeah. and then also like how do you balance your both your lives and your marriage as professional athletes in two different sports yeah so like obviously Courtney played cricket over here in the back end of her career she she sort of had like two lots of ankle surgery the first one didn't go quite so well so she had another lot and then she sort of didn't get offered an a contract at Queensland, probably on the back of that. And also, you know, she was getting to the latter part of her career mm. and didn't really want to look for anything elsewhere. You know, she's a Queenslander through and through. And her intentions were already always to come and play cricket when, when she moved over. But because of the, the visa situation in the UK was like, if you'd played professionally in Australia, you had to come on like a sports person's visa to England. But the like to play county cricket or domestic cricket in England at that time was not professional um, so you wouldn't earn any money doing it so you, you know if she'd have gone on a sports person's visa she wouldn't have been able to work or do anything like that um and i think she just had like a bit of a moment where she was just like i've left 10 years of teaching i've left a professional career as a cricketer i'm on the other side of the earth away from like my friends and family i'm just a bit lost and i was just sort of like you, do, you need sport like like we all do totally you know you need mates and yeah. teammates and some sort of purpose in a different area you know besides work mm-hmm. so she just went down to elite rhinos trial she just yeah contacted them and courtney being courtney was bloody awesome at it and <laughs> had she played like, did history. she play in australia no so she no. hadn't played she hadn't played since she was 12 i think it was um but she's one of those nine people that's like, she's just a really good athlete. She's really quick. Yeah. Um, she played a bit of AFL yeah. in the year one of AFL. Oh, of course. Cool. Uh, went down to the Rhinos. Um, and obviously, like, 
she was probably going to retire a couple of years ago from, she, you know, she'd sort of, and there was no sign of her being able to qualify for the World Cup, mm-hmm. but because of COVID and it getting postponed, she then had enough years in England to qualify for England. Right. Um, oh, cool. I actually, yeah, I would say, like, she's a very good cricketer. I'm not taking it away from that, but I think rugby league suits her down to a T. Yeah. Amazing. So it starts this week. Yeah, so literally the, the women have got their first game. The England girls have got their first game against Brazil on Tuesday. How good. So I think it's like, I don't know, midnight in Sydney or something like that. Are you going to stay up? Yeah, 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 I'll stay up and, Loyal. and watch it. So yeah. tell us like a little bit about how your marriage, like has your marriage sort of had to evolve and like you've kind of had to adapt because you're now playing professional sport like on different sides of the world and everything like that? Yeah, for sure. Like I think this time particularly was a lot more tough because I think we've both got, you know, like a World Cup for her is, mm. well, for anybody is mm-hmm. like a huge deal. And I guess equally like in my in my space as well, coming to the competition like the Big Bash is a big deal. Yeah. You know, especially given the nature of, you know, I'm in and out of the England team. So taking franchise opportunities is, you know, might be might be the path I go down. So it's probably the hardest this time. But I think what's been quite nice is that her family have gone over for her. So, you know, they're they're all over there watching, which will be nice for her because, you know, it's usually just me and my mates watching her. Yeah. But it is tough, you know, like in the summers, you know, especially we're like passing ships, you know. Yeah. She's so busy with rugby, with co- like cricket coaching. I'm so busy with with my cricket stuff. It's been something that we've definitely got better at. Yeah. Oh, well, hope, yeah, hopefully it all goes well. Hopefully the England girls, yeah, yeah it should be a good tournament. And we just want to chat a little bit about cricket in England as well. Um, there was a second edition of the 100 this year. What sort of impact is that competition having on the women's game over there? Oh, huge, you know. I, I, it's hard to probably put it into words how, how much it's impacted the game, to be honest. Mm. I think it's fast-tracked youngsters, yeah. you know, in terms of playing against some of the best players in the world on the biggest stage, you're all of a sudden, you know, you look at an Alice Capsey almost overnight became a household name totally. from one in the Lords. Yeah. Just the opportunity to play at the test venues and, and that sort of thing, be in front of really good crowds. Mm. I think it's it sort of, it, it makes that transition to playing international cricket so much easier because it, you're not freaked out by all of a sudden there's, there's a crowd watching you. Yeah. Um, or you're not freaked out by Shabna Mishmael running to bowl at you because you've played against her. And I think just the traction that it's had and the the amount of youngsters that have come to watch. Like the bit I like the most is sort of when the young boy, you know, you get like a Mm. 10 year old boy who knows the female players or they have the female shirts on. And it's like, that's just massive because that wouldn't have happened five years ago. They'd all have had Ben Stokes on the back of their shirt. And it's really great beyond that, like for boys to, for young like young lads to respect and to, uh, you know, to really appreciate that women are really good at sport too. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, from for a long time, they never got to see that. Totally. And it looks like it's been like so well well received over there by the crowds. Like it looks like it's just, the whole tournament just looks like it's it's a real buzz. Um, yeah, it's like it's, it, the great thing is, it's like, like my mum's, she's sort of not, she support me, but she's not. Diehard yeah, cricket fan. Yeah, she loves the hundred because she's like it's an event. You know, yeah. you get two games, yeah. you get the the music act in between, and it's like I think she just goes for the live music. But it's <laughs> like it's a real day out, you know. Um, 
and a real event. Yeah, yeah, nice. And so, Lauren, it's obviously been an amazing summer for you. So you won won the the, the second edition of the hundred with the Invincibles. Also, the Rachel Hayhoff Flint Trophy with the Northern Diamonds. Would you say it's like some of the the best form of of your career? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, I think. It's the, mo- it's the most volume of runs and the most consistent I've ever been. I think, to be honest, it's all like, I've spoken pretty openly about bubbles and how much I struggled after the World Cup, just like functioning as a human being, honestly. Yeah. Um, and just doing loads of work and just like reconnecting with who I am and, and who I am as a cricketer and how I want to play my cricket. You know, I, I find it difficult because I am someone who thinks about the game a lot, yeah. but I have to be distracted and there's no distraction in those spaces and you sort of get all your fulfillment from cricket and if it's not going well Mm. you're just like how do i get some sort of satisfaction out of anything else you're not you're not the wife you're not the daughter you're not the friend you're just the cricketer Mm. um and yeah i've just done loads of work in that sort of space of how do i want to play don't be so hard on yourself i felt like my whole career i've been like trying to prove something Mm. to somebody and it's like you you can't keep that up you've just you've just got to know and trust yourself and trust what you're doing that it's enough whether somebody picks you or they don't pick you it's still enough and you are good enough yeah and you you mentioned you're not putting too much or thinking too much about the selection stuff or what others are doing. Uh, are you still uh, got your hearts in a reclaiming a spot on the England side or is it just something you're not thinking about? Honestly, I'm just taking it, getting my, I've got my heart set, I'm trying to win for the Stars this afternoon, nice. you know, and yeah. put my best foot forward. Um, if I play for England again, great. I think I'm also at a place where I think in England especially, like you, you were so frightened of not being an England cricketer that it was just like, I had to succeed, I had to perform. And obviously, like we all know that if you have to do anything and you have that weight, chances are you ain't going to play that well and, and not fulfil your potential. But, you know, I've I've got a three-year domestic contract that means I can still be, a, you know, a well-paid, fully paid, you know, fully professional cricketer. We've got the 100 where... You know, you still get to be in the big dance and that's what you want to do. That's what makes you buzz being in those sorts of games and environments. I get to come out here and, and mm. play in another, you know, another big dance. So I'm at peace with if I don't play again, because I can still be a very good cricketer and still, you know, travel the world and still look to, to grow and to push my game on. And I think the, the bit that used to freak me out was like, oh, my God, if I don't play for England, mm. I'm not a professional cricketer. I'm going to have to get a job. Yeah. Um, where it's like I'm at a place where I'm like, it's OK if you don't, you know, you, you you're good yeah. you're, you, you know you're still a wife you're still a friend you're still a daughter you're still a good teammate in lots of different spaces like it's not the be all and end all so I think you know I would be lying if I said that I've completely shut the door on that mm-hmm. because somebody comes and says you know do you do you, you're in the t20 world cup squad yeah. like it's a it's a very tough decision to say that you don't want to be in a, playing a world cup yeah. but if it doesn't happen I'm happy mm-hmm. you know and and I'm happy with just focusing on the team I'm playing for at the time, trying to trying to do my best for that that team at any given moment. Oh, very good. Yeah, that's that's a really that's a really good outlook to have, Lauren. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us today on the scoop. It was great to hear all about yeah your life in the Big Bash, Courtney, as well as your yeah your thoughts on the England stuff. So yeah, thank you for joining us, and we hope the rain stays away and that you can get some cricket against the Thunder this afternoon. All right, no worries. Thank you. 
back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877 351 0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.